Welcome to the Work Life and Motherhood Podcast with Mommy Culture. I'm Megan Taylor, and I believe there is a better way to navigate work-life motherhood than us all individually reinventing the wheel. In this podcast, I explore the common experiences in work-life motherhood, the science behind those experiences, and some tools to navigate through them. Welcome back to the Work Life and Motherhood podcast. And in this episode, we're going to be working with the inner critic. So first, I invite you to get grounded in our brief time together today. This will take about 10 minutes or so. And so if you're out walking, just start getting grounded by feeling the earth under your feet. If you're driving, maybe feel how rooted you feel in your seat or the hands on your steering wheel. Or if you're doing something else, just pick some kind of physical sensation that you can connect to to feel a solid foundation and bring your mind present into this time we have together today. So just take one breath with me. Inhale for the count of five. And exhale for the count of five. All right. So like I said, our time together is going to be focused on the inner critic and working with our inner critic. I thought this was a good topic coming off of episode five with Ellen Jones from Mother Tree Wellness, where she talked about community and motherhood and how in our individual journeys of motherhood, we can be faced with so much self-doubt and questioning and the FFTs, which for those of you who don't know that concept, FFTs refers to the flipping first times. And it's a concept presented by Brene Brown. As we can all appreciate, we're often presented with FFTs in our motherhood journey. And that can end in us feeling like we're doing something wrong or we're not good enough or other people are doing it better. And first, what I wanted to offer up to you is that the inner critic is something that we all have, not just mothers, not just women, but humans in general, no matter how you identify. And it can be quite annoying and problematic. It's that little voice inside of us that tells us we can't, or we should do this, or shouldn't do that, or we're not good enough. It can be pretty exhausting. But I also want to offer up that there's a reason that it exists. And initially, those reasons can actually be good. The problem is that the inner critic tends to linger a bit longer than it's helpful. And so today in the steps I'm going to take you through, we're going to understand why it may be showing up, what to do with it, and then how to let it go. So step number one is to identify a time when you felt like you failed. This really could be anything. It could be something at work. It could be something at home. It could be a time when you got frustrated and yelled at your kids or your partner. It could be related to your own self-care. So just pick something that comes to mind. There is no right or wrong here. And my guess is that you will have something that surfaces pretty quickly because the inner critic is common in the motherhood journey. Now that you have that example in your head, the next step is to describe what your inner critic said. Let's think about 
an opportunity at work when you were selected for a special project or a challenge. Maybe in that example, your inner critic was saying, you know, I really shouldn't have been the one that was picked. Or if I had only done this or that, I would have been able to execute on this successfully and I wouldn't find myself in this situation. I'm just offering those up as examples, but again, go back to the example that you picked in step one, a time when you felt you failed. And now just take a couple of seconds to identify and describe what your inner critic said. Step three is to consider the motivation of your inner critic. Why were you saying those things to yourself? And the most likely reason is that we were in survival mode, fight or flight or freeze. Your inner critic is trying to protect you from more heartache, more strife, more stress. By learning and listening to the motivation of your inner critic and focusing on certain steps that could have changed the situation for the better, your inner critic was building memory for you so that you would be more prepared for a situation like that in the future. Isn't it interesting to think about how a simple change of approach in recognizing the why behind your inner critic can all of a sudden flip it on its head. Instead of focusing on all the negative messages that you're getting and allowing yourself to sit with that emotion of feeling bad or regretful or guilt or like you're not good enough, you're taking the learning messages from the why and allowing that to prepare yourself to find yourself in a better situation in the future. Which is bringing us to step number four, which is to reframe what your inner critic said. Going back to my example of this opportunity at work, where perhaps the outcome wasn't what you had hoped it would be, reframing what your inner critic said there could look like, you know what? I was chosen for a reason. I'm going to use my strengths to my advantage next time. And it's not my fault. Yes, there's things I could have done differently. There's things I want to do differently next time, but I'm not in control of everything. And so I'm just going to control what I control, which is me. Now you're reframing what your inner critic said from that uber negative messaging to a, a go forward message and an acknowledgement of why you were In that situation in the first place, there's a reason that I was asked to do this certain task or this certain opportunity. And then step number five is to let it go. Acknowledge that your inner critic was there, that it served its purpose, that you've learned from the experience, and you don't need to be reminded of it anymore. It no longer serves you. You're going to just let it go which again is a concept just to bring this full circle that Ellen from Mother Tree Wellness offered up. So go back and listen to that if you haven't yet. But she talks about how in her community groups through Mother Tree Wellness, they have a different take on mom guilt. She talks about how often us as moms receive messages that we should fight against mom guilt or not let it be there. And she says that's bogus. All emotions are valid. And guilt is one of those emotions. By fighting against it, it actually just sits there even longer 
she presents this visual that I love, which is you think about a child trying to wiggle out of a puffy coat or each of us trying to wrestle out of our exercise gear or a wet bathing suit or our shapewear at the end of the night. And the more you fight against it, the harder it is. The same is with these type of emotions that come from our inner critic or mom guilt. And if we can name it to tame it, understand what it's trying to tell us, use that messaging going forward in terms of how we want to show up and then let it go, we can move on and start becoming the best versions of ourselves. So that's it. I promised you about 10 minutes and we are right at that mark. I'm going to let you go. So let's just get grounded before we wrap this up. And again, no matter where you are, feel that ground on your feet if you're walking. Feel your body rooted in your seat if you're driving or your hands on your steering wheel. Or if you're multitasking at home, pick something that allows you to have that physical sensation of being grounded wherever you are. Let's take a deep breath for the count of five. Inhale through your nose and exhale through your mouth. Until next time, be well. Thanks for listening. I hope this episode provided some insight that many of you can use to start discovering a version of work-life motherhood that feels right to you. Tune in next time and maybe even share this podcast with some others in your network. Make it easy on yourself to never miss an episode by clicking follow on your listening platform of choice.